This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name is Christine, one of the hosts at Unseminary. I've got Rich here today. Welcome, Rich. Hey, so glad to be here, Christine. Always great to be on the air with you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, before we get started, I wanted to wish you and our listeners who happen to be dads, maybe they serve as father figures, anyone that's listening today, happy belated Father's Day. Did you have a good weekend, Rich? Oh, I had such a great time. You know, on Saturday, we went and saw my dad. And, you know, this has been a season where we haven't been seeing many people live. And it was just, I I texted this to him afterwards. It was just good for my soul to spend some time with him. And we didn't really do much. We went for dinner. um, We went and hung out by the water and just connected a little bit. It was was great. So that felt really great. And then also loved, um, you know, we did some fun stuff as a family and my kids were uh, nice to me for one day. So it was great. It was a good thing. Just one day. <laughs> one day. Yes, Take exactly. What you can get. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, what article are we chatting about today, Rich? So today, the title of today's article is five reopening phase church growth tactics. So, you know, there are a lot of church leaders out there that are like in this doomsday conversation. They're like, this is the end of the church. It's super terrible. Well, that's not me at all. I am a glass three quarters full kind of leader. I really do believe that this is actually an incredible season for your church and my church to reach more people than ever before. Yes, your church can grow in this season. Yes, your church can reach more people in your community today than you could ever before. You know, before COVID, uh, the study showed that 94% of all churches were losing ground against the growth of their local communities, the communities they serve. Uh, That's to say that only 6% of churches are growing faster than the communities that they're in. This season is an opportunity for you to rethink what you do as a church and frankly, to kind of reposition what you do as a church uh, so that you can have greater impact in this coming season. So um, what we're talking about in today's article really are five different systems, five kind of uh, really things you could be doing. I really don't think that there is one silver bullet to church growth. And so I've tried to give you a bunch of different things uh, to think about here. All right. So the first growth tactic that you've got here is shorter series timelines. Yeah, so one of the most effective ways to encourage church growth is to structure your church around uh, your Sunday worship experience around series. So if you, uh, this this comes out of a study that we did a number of years ago. I wrote a book called The Church Growth Flywheel and then actually ended up having an online course called The Church Growth Flywheel Masterclass. And what we did for those is actually look at the fastest growing churches. And what we saw was the, the fastest growing churches organize their Sundays, their weekend experience around series. And so all a series is, if you're not familiar with that, it's just a way to organize your Sunday content. Uh, and so it kind of makes sense. I mean, a four to six week segments is pretty typical. This is an important church growth tactic because we know that one of the primary reasons people attend your church is because of the teaching. And so, in fact, there's a link in the article if you want to check that out, that there was a study done a couple years ago that found that two-thirds of the reason why people attend church is because of the teaching. And so it would we really can't talk about church growth without talking about how do we promote your, um, your series. So in this season, I would be strongly encouraging you to have shorter series. So have few, um, so have more series that are fewer weeks. Now, why is that? Because you want to go from, uh, one series to the next. And at each of those series, we should be leveraging that as an opportunity to you, for you to invite uh, your friends or to encourage your people to invite their friends. And so if you have more series, there's more opportunities for you to get in front of people. So if you normally do eight week series, cut them in half, do them, you know, do six or do four week series. If you normally do, you know, six week series, push them back to four, uh, plan out your preaching calendar between now and the end of the year, 
uh, and increase the number of series that you can use. Really, the idea there is to change the channel to get people's attention by coming up with something new. I don't know if you found this, Christine, but I have found um, longer series in this uh, season, particularly in the digital season, do seem like, are we still talking about this? Like we're three weeks in and we're still chatting about this this same issue. So I think your people are looking for more series. Uh, whenever you go to, a new, go to a new series, go out of your way to strongly encourage your people to invite their friends, whether it's in person or online, uh, give them tools to do that. We've got other resources on seminary to, to kind of talk through that part of it. But the punchline is in this series, in this season, uh, increase the number of series, decrease the number of weeks uh, per series. All right, I like that idea of changing the channel. So I got a question for you, Rich. Yep. Um, what what's a what's an ideal length? So you're saying whatever you do, do it shorter. Yep. It's is two week series okay? A three week series? Like how much time do you actually need to change the channel? Yeah, that's a good question. So the thing I'm pushing on here today is so most communicators. Uh, people who talk for a living in a church, they would tell you that they have some reason why they always do four-week series or they always do eight-week series uh, and I, and I, or 12-week series. And I've worked for teaching pastors who have different convictions on that front. So Bruxy Cavey at the Meeting House is convinced long series are better because you build momentum. Uh, you know, uh, Tim Lucas at Liquid, he was convinced that four weeks was 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 great. We would do these series where he would we would commit to five or six weeks and we would say going in like, hey, are we sure we're going to want to do this? And, and he would get worn out at week five or six and be like, I can't believe we're still talking about this the thing so i really do think that series length is teacher specific there's some teachers that just are um they love a short series two three weeks um some like longer in this series what i want to encourage you to be thinking is think shorter so if you're normally comfortable with six weeks go to four if you're normally comfortable with four yeah maybe pull back to three and say let's instead of doing four week series over the next three months that would give us uh you know three series what if we did a three week series every time that would actually give us one additional series over the next uh, three or four months, which then would give us another opportunity for us to invite our friends, to encourage our people to invite their friends. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. So next we're going to talk about increased celebration social media posts. Yeah. So now more than ever, your church needs to see itself as a part of the local community. I love what uh, William Vanderblumen has been talking about that, you know, the, the, the next in the next normal and what's coming next that uh, the best churches will be those that are hyper local. And this is an example of that. Uh, you know, every business and kind of community group and, you know, school in our communities are faced with communication problems in this season. They're trying to get out in front of your people. And so what if you took this season to actually use some of your social media bandwidth to actually encourage your people uh, to plug in with other things that are going on in town? You could use your local social media or use your social media channels to celebrate not only the good things that are happening in your church, but things that are going on around you. So this could be, you know, celebrating other businesses in town. This could be celebrating what the schools are doing you know we're all all our schools here coming up in the next couple weeks you're going to start to hear plans on what those look like why not interview the local principal of the you know high school about their plans for coming back and post that on your facebook page again being seen for um you know the your community being seen as a kind of church that's a part of their community hyper local in here i give some examples um so take time every week to highlight a different business in town here in our little town there's a, a local real estate agent 
agent who does these and he stopped doing them which is a bummer because I think they're great he does these uh, the town we live in is called Aurelia and it's like a small town and so he does these these celebration videos they're just called Why Aurelia and he interviews people in town uh, business owners and and says well why is your business in Aurelia that's the kind of thing you could do as a church you know you could celebrate a community leader at a local school or government that has been doing uh, that's been doing such a great job in this reopening phase uh, you could use your social media channels to give people helpful information about other community service organizations that are reaching out or you know that kind of thing inform parents of what's happening at schools or other kids oriented environments you know when the if in your town which hasn't even happened in our town yet the day that the parks open man it would be so great for your uh, social media feed to show some folks from your kids ministry at the parks enjoying the parks and say hey let's go enjoy uh, the swings uh, you know in town so that's the kind of thing I'm thinking of I love that swing idea I think that's fun obviously this uh, aligns well with Jeff Henderson's idea of being for the community oh, absolutely. which is what you're talking about I think this is such a neat time to be able to be use your social media to be encouraging absolutely. to be there's so many kind of negative things out there right now in our feeds right but this would be so fun to be a positive voice well and i think you're seeing people do this in their own channels and we're just really like i always think the best thing in social media is really look at what individuals are doing and say how do we apply that to ourselves you see people doing this in their own feeds where it's like they're going to a restaurant they're going to something in town and they're celebrating right that right and and we should probably be doing this generally in general we want to be seen as a part active part of our communities now is just a great time to amplify that like you say with some positive messaging all right i love this next point because i happen to be a big fan of christmas you say start <laughs> your christmas planning now really start it now <laughs> yes so in any given normal year my strong recommendation is that churches should be working on their christmas eve their christmas services in earnest in july or august you know you if you wait longer than that you really lose the opportunity but this is not a normal year i would say Today, you know, here we are, this this podcast comes out kind of in the middle, you know, last quarter, last third of June. Uh, now would be a perfect time for you to start your pe- pulling your people together. Why is that? Because Christmas represents the largest opportunity to invite unchurched people to come to your church. Um, you know, this year's Christmas celebration is going to be a unique one. You're going to, you know, in, in all likelihood, going to have to have both online and in-person experiences. But how can we begin to plan now to leverage this opportunity you know we lost the opportunity this year at Easter most of our churches lost the opportunity kind of outreach opportunity that Easter was but let's not lose that opportunity at Christmas this year we've got time to plan most of our communities will not be fully reopened by that point or we will still be fully digital this may be the first year that you maybe last year you didn't have church online now you've got church online now is the time to begin to think about it Christmas Eve is a unique opportunity or Christmas is a unique opportunity for us to invite our communities community let's start working on it now get our people together pull them together buy some eggnog put on some christmas music and say hey let's start planning christmas eve good luck finding your eggnog in june that yes, would be exactly might not be very good to taste but all right well i might like this point even more than christmas some of my favorite church kind of family memories have to do with your next point which is get your people out of their seats and into the streets listen the church has never been about getting people into the building um, it's never been about getting people into buildings. Uh, the church, in fact, the best way to understand the church when we're at our best is when we're out making a difference in our community. 
Um, you know, if you look at the fastest growing churches in the country, one of the interesting things we see consistently on that front is those churches are not content with just getting people to come to their, their services. They're, they, what they ultimately are trying to do is to get people out of their seats and into the streets, you know, ultimately serving in their community. Listen, uh, can I just have a, 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 a word of wisdom, hopefully, uh, you know, a word of advice, a, a word of tender, loving care from a ch- why, me to you as a church leader. Please, please, please do not communicate. Don't make such a big deal about the fact that you're opening your building that you miss the opportunity to serve the community. If you just jump up and down and talk about, wow, come back to our box, come back to our box, you will have missed an opportunity. You'll miss an opportunity to show uh, what the kingdom of Christ is all ultimately about, which is about loving your community. So what you need to do in this season as a part of your reopening plan, as a part of a growth opportunity for reopening, uh, is to take this this season to really mobilize your people to make a difference, to get out into the community. Um, in fact, I literally just today was talking to a church leader and we're working on a podcast for coming up uh, where I'm doing a roundtable discussion with some kids ministry leaders around, hey, what are they doing on different, you know, kind of getting ready for kids? Uh, partly out of a response we got from last week when I was kind of railing on people. I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't want to hurt some stuff. There, I don't want to just be negative. I want to help. <laughs> and so um, this point actually relates to what this church leader is saying. Well, you know, they were like a little bit sheepish. They're like, well, we've said we're not going to come back until September. I'm like, well, that's fine. That's actually why I want to talk to you. And they were talking about how actually a part of their plan is to is to do a bunch of service projects first over the summertime um, rather than trying to drive um, back. And this really illustrates this point. So I've given, given some examples in the show notes here. Rock City Church, Columbus, Ohio. Ohio. This is a fantastic church. They've uh, gone through multiple truckloads of food and supplies, that they, and they become a distribution hub uh, for in this season for a whole bunch of partner organizations. Our friends at, at New Story Church in Los Angeles, man, I just love this church. I might get a little choked up here. I said this to Tom, the senior pastor there. I said, I think one of my persistent memories of the COVID season will be every Saturday that church was doing a drive-through food bank. They've literally served thousands of families. Uh, it's been so exciting to see. I, I talk about Mercy Hill Church in Greensboro, uh, South Carolina. Fantastic church. During this season, uh, they just recently actually donated 60 Chromebooks to help kids who are you know, getting getting ready to come back to school or having difficulty getting connected. So again, lots of ideas. Eagle Brook Church in Minnesota, um, they're also doing some food drive stuff. You, you know, your imagination, you'll come up with better ideas than what are listed here. But these are just a few examples. Those are all fast-growing churches that are prioritizing community service. I would say in this season, this reopening phase, if you're looking for a, a church growth tactic, getting out and serving the community is important. Why is this? Why, why, why? Listen, the reason why churches grow is, is because they're, the people in their church invite their friends to come and be a part of this church. If your church is seen as serving in the community, it's obviously the right thing to do. It's a God thing to do, but it's also a good thing to do. And your people will feel great about their church and they'll invite their friends to be a part of that. Uh, you can tell I'm passionate about that stuff. Uh, but this this is just some great example. So I'd love to hear if you've got ideas of what you're doing. You could also leave them in the show notes or zip me an email. I'd love to share what your church is up to. 
Yeah, and there's still lots of opportunity to do that. Absolutely. I know in our community here, yes, there are people, as the restrictions are being lifted, there are people that are, you know, prepping their churches to reopen in various ways. But I know that um, some local community partners are thinking, hey, we're going to need your help in the fall. Maybe we haven't needed you just yet, um, but there is going to be lots of opportunity. Yeah, that's a great idea. Like maybe even that's a good good, good idea there. Like maybe you went to your partners a couple weeks ago or two months ago in the middle of this kind of COVID craziness and you asked and they're like, listen, there's nothing we can do. Why don't you go back to them now? They're probably more ready and, uh, uh, and, and available. I've got ideas or even give them that idea. Hey, maybe there's something come this fall that we we could do how could we be working together i uh, want to find a way to serve you all right lastly increase internal communications so now more than ever you need to think very carefully about your communications pipeline getting the right message to the right people at the right time uh, at this time is a paramount importance super important in this season we are going into a more complex future right the idea of all digital I, i've been joking about this with friends we're going to look back at the all digital phase and say man remember how easy that was we're going into a season where we're, we're digital but then we're also in person that's going to be a lot to, to come through and as you engage your volunteers and renegotiate their role their roles and positions whether it be online or in person um you know this is an opportunity for you to get out in front of those people to to reinfuse the vision of why your church exists and why it's important for them uh, to be a part of their team leverage the heightened awareness that people have during this volunteer training training to re-articulate the mission of your church and how to process this re and how you're processing this reopening as really uh, you know, a reinforcement of your missional drive or why it is that God's called you. Um, leverage your communications pipeline during this season to increase engagement with your small groups. One of the things we know is that growing churches actually have deep engagement on the community side, both in volunteer teams and in groups. And so this is a season to actually try to leverage that to see more people connected. This is the perfect season to rethink and reimagine re how your church communicates with itself. And, you know, I've said this in other contexts, but, you know, take again, take this as advice from a friend. Uh, if you're wondering, if you're thinking, Hmm, maybe we should hire, you know, a senior communications leader at your church. I would give you a hearty amen to that. This we've seen how important communications is. Uh, we're going into a more complex communications future. Now would be a time for you uh, to, uh, if if not, um, hire someone to reshuffle your staff team, uh, reshuffle even your priorities. If you're only a you know a single person or uh, you know a few person, few people on your team, uh, now's the time to reprioritize communications at, at, in in your staff time to to ensure that someone is thinking through at a strategic level how we're communicating the right message to the right people at the right time uh, and figuring that out in this season will give you more opportunities to ultimately encourage your people to invite their friends and that will lead uh, to more growth in your church all right so communicate with volunteers communicate through your groups and communicate by hiring a specialist that's Perfect. those are some practical tips all right. Well, I have a feeling that you might have some more for our listeners, Rich. Yeah. So we've put together a three-part video series on church growth. I want to re-highlight this to you. If you have not taken this, this is an absolutely free resource. Um, and it, it has, there's three different videos in this. If you go to the bottom of the show notes, end of this post, click on there, give us your email address. We'll send them to you. The first video is five keys to church growth they didn't teach in seminary. The second is three church growth myths debunked and the third is five questions church leaders are asking about church growth all of these videos uh, we think are particularly helpful in this season as you wrestle through and think about hmm, how could we be leveraging this time to see our church reach with, uh, reach more people 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Rich. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in today. You can find this article and other articles at unseminary.com. 